Hello, everybody, and welcome to Listen Money Matters. If it floats, flies, or f***s, then rent it. My name is Thomas, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking this fine afternoon? Ah, dude, I'm, I'm wonderful, and in no small part, because I've got a gin and tonic, but it's not just like a regular gin and tonic. It's a gin and tonic with Bitterman's Hellfire Habanero Scrub Bitters. <sighs> Amazing. Aww. So is it spicy? Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> nice. I like Dude, it. I went to this uh, this horror-themed restaurant in Japan, and they had this this drink. I don't know if it was a G&T, but it had actual chili peppers in it. Oh. And it was ridiculously spicy. <laughs> so hopefully your drink is not that spicy. No, not that spicy. I'm, drinking, I'm also a little I'm drinking seasoned. Milk. milk. I can hand the milk through the computer screen to you if it, you end up needing it. I was gonna say that'd be perfect if it gets too spicy. <laughs> I think I might even add a little bit more spice while we're while we're doing this. Did I ever tell you my uh, hot sauce store story? No, what's that? <laughs> There's this tiny town uh, about five hours away called Galena in Illinois, and they have a hot sauce store there. It's like a tourist town, so we go in and we got all these hot sauces out as like samples with pretzels. So my dumbass goes in there, obviously hottest sauce. Pretzel in. Well, because yeah, no big you're, you're a champ. You're like, oh, I could take anything. Yeah, I'm just going to power through it. And my girlfriend's like, oh, my God. Did you just eat the hottest one? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, Ten minutes later, there's like tears going down my eyes <laughs> like at the counter. And it is there where I find out that this store makes a fair bit amount of their money from selling cartons of milk. Because <laughs> I bought milk from them. Oh, my God. Dude, <laughs> and it, so- it did help. Dude, we're on vacation. Uh, it Laura's there, and my, my parents are there. And uh, this this like Mexican place, they're like, we have the hottest tequila ever, and it's tequila that they just shoved a ton of like habanero peppers, whatever, in. And they're like, well, I mean, only like the the real men do shots of this. I'm like, first of all, I'm, I'm a real fucking man, and I love hot stuff. <laughs> so uh, I'm like, yeah, I'll do a shot. I do the shot. You know, it's like a little spicy. And I'm like, like, how is it? I'm like, ah, it's fine. And I walk outside, and it hits me. <laughs> And it's so hot burning in my belly. I, like, can't speak. And I just want to, like, cut my stomach open and, like, take it out. <laughs> it, it was miserable. <laughs> dude, remind me never to go drinking with you. <laughs> I'll do anything until I don't want to get roped into that. Let's do some flaming shots and then some spicy tequila. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, our you got to remember to bleep this out, Andrew. Mm. But our, our catchphrase this week comes from Palm House Tree, or no, Palm Tree House, Texas on Twitter. TX. And they sent us uh, TX, yes. And they sent us, uh, if it floats, flies, or f- then rent it. And I guess that's uh, advice for the ages, huh? Eh? Mm. So today, um, I feel ill-prepared for this episode because we're going to talk about uh, getting your spouse on board with your financial plan. And Anna's not here. She's not my spouse, but close enough. Uh, so basically, we've got Laura here, and you guys are going to talk to me about how you guys figure out all your money stuff. And uh, I'll just listen, I guess, and maybe put words in Anna's mouth since she's not here. <laughs> Hello. Hey, this is the first time Laura, my, my wife, is on the show. Welcome. And Wait, for real? I've been trying to get yeah. me to do it for so long, I know. <laughs> You've never been on the show. I thought you had been on the show once before, but you know what? I might be thinking of Andrew's mom. Yes, my mom. Because you're your on mom the on the show, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. So, mm. bestow upon me your wisdom, because I am young and know 
not so, the ways of the wise. Uh, when you know more than I did, I could tell you that. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. I mean, at your age, I knew nothing about money, nothing <laughs> at all. I just knew it was like paper that I can spend to buy things that I wanted, like beer. Like, like seriously, you know, you know a lot more than I did. Good definition. I, I think that's. <laughs> yeah. the, I think it's the thing is because like I was like a super money nerd and she like when I first met her, they, they were literally collection companies calling her like frantically at her cell phone, her mom's house at work, uh, <laughs> like hounding her to pay her, her bills. So it was like really like ultra like different like the two of us and on our view. I had, a, yeah. I had a, like a long conversation with her explaining why credit card interest is bad and, and she didn't believe me in the beginning. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's it's pretty funny. I was terrible, terrible, terrible with money, probably up until we got married, maybe a little before then. But it's funny now because like I'll talk to my mom about like all these things we're doing, and I explain like money topics to her and stuff, and she's like, I can't even believe you know these things. Like I went until like I don't know five years ago, she had creditors like constantly collection agencies calling the house to the point where she had to just like stop answering the phone because they were hounding her. So she's pretty surprised that I know so much now, but. It was really oh, bad. When I, yeah, when I met Andrew, I was living way above my means, making, like, basically no money. Um, they were garnishing my wages to pay back what I owed to, like, Capital One from when I was 18. It was, it was bad. It was Damn. really bad. <laughs> Do you remember what you thought about credit card interest back then? Like, why you thought See, it wasn't bad? So, like, my parents, they're not bad with money. I mean, they saved, they paid their credit cards off in time, but like they didn't really teach me anything. They, you know, I, they kind of told me I had to pay back the credit card and I was like, oh, you mean like the $10 minimum every month? Like that's basically <laughs> all I knew. I didn't really understand how they worked as, as embarrassing yeah. as that is. I didn't really get it. Um, so I would just like max it out and then pay it back and ended up paying so much interest back. It was, it was really terrible. I really didn't know. That's I still. I mean, my credit's better now because I married Andrew, and he has great credit. But um, <laughs> we have like shared accounts now and stuff, so it kind of helped me um, get a better credit score. But I think when we met, my credit score is about five hundred, if not lower. Huh. So, question: Just do you do your does your credit score like de facto change the moment you get married, or does it still like stay with you individually? So, but you can now apply as like a joint unit for loans. That's or actually the the interesting thing is um, we have like a, a joint. Well, what happens is so if we um, do like a mortgage, right, and if like she gets added on, it's actually additional risk because her interest rate. I mean, her credit score is so low. So I could have a credit card, which which we do, and I add her on as like a user of the card, but she's not a co-owner of the card, so then mm. we're fine. So uh, what we've been focusing on is trying to rebuild like her credit so that like mm. together we'll be like even more powerful than you know if it was just like only me. So if she's a user on your credit card but not a co-owner, can she still build her credit by using that card? Like or does she have to ever very minimally. So she'll she'll only build if she's like co-owner of the card or if she has her own card. Like your credit history <laughs> stays with you forever mm-hmm. um, regardless if you get married and stuff. So like imagine if you opened a credit card and you had your like your dad on as a co-signer. It obviously like amp up your um your like ability to get more credit and stuff like that. That's like kind of how it is with any other person as long as like their credit's not terrible. Yeah, okay. I think, I think it's kind of important, too, if you're trying to get someone on board to, like, get... Th- I mean, if you're dating someone or married to someone and their credit kind of sucks, 
um, <laughs> kind of like what happened with us. Uh, we just put some like smaller bills on my credit cards and just have them auto pay every month. And I think that's how my credit built up because now it's like a seven twenty three or something, which is way better than five hundred. Oh, so it's been t- yeah, like that's, that's like good. little things like 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 the gym or like my Weight Watchers thing or whatever. Like you know, it's like and then it's auto paid every month, so it looks like I'm paying my bills on time and. It that's totally helped a lot. Yeah, sure. I mean, you are paying the bills on time, so it's a good way to go about it. So, would you say that yeah. you are you are with Andrew basically one hundred percent in terms of financial goals now, or is there still contention? No, I, I I mean, we still have like discussions about certain things. I mean, when we first met, uh, I didn't know anything about money at all. So, um, I think even up until we moved in, we didn't really talk moved in together. We didn't really talk about money too much. Um, but once we moved in together, I, I remember him telling me, like, the last thing I want to fight about is money. So, like, we need to be open and we need to talk and we need to, you know, just figure this out together because I, I want us to be on the same page and all that stuff. So I had to learn a lot. I didn't even know how the stock market worked <laughs> until I was, like, 28. So, you know, it, it was it's a lot of asking questions. And I thought I was doing everything right. And I'm very much like, I can do everything myself. So, you know. I think the big thing is now we're like actually able to have a discussion where we're like pretty yeah. much on the same page because in the beginning like it was yeah. maybe you could call it a discussion because two people were talking like at each other or through each other. <laughs> we weren't really like talking together and I think uh, like we, we tried like a ton of different approaches and I guess like we kind of want to like share how we got onto the same page because it was actually really tough for us to get on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm curious about is like, is it a situation where Andrew, you're the money nerd, you set the financial goals and then basically persuaded Laura to your point of view? Or was it like we sat down and each like said, this is what I want. You know, this I is tried what I think I can spend first. I was like, just trust me. I know what I'm doing and, you know, I'll talk <laughs> through it. And yeah, I think I think that's like one of the reasons it didn't work. So I was kind of like strong arming it. Uh, well, he 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 likes a lecture about things, and I don't like that. So clearly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it had to be me. I don't like think any girlfriend slash wife likes to be lectured, or or yeah. husband. I mean, <laughs> when I when I met him, I, when I met Andrew, it was basically like I learned that everything I ever knew or did with money was completely, absolutely wrong and backwards. So. He had to like walk me through a lot of things like a child. <laughs> like I had a, like the things I should have known, you know, at like 18 years old um, about credit and stuff like that. Like I just didn't understand. So for him to now teach me at like 26, 27, I was like, what do you mean? I've been living my whole life this way. And like I was wrong <laughs> and, and stupid. And oh my God, what was I doing? Like, you know, it, it, it's a lot of like he had to teach me like I was a kid basically. So, mm. but I, I, yeah, I needed yeah. it. I can't even believe how I didn't know these things. And my parents weren't bad. They, they're savers and, you know, but they didn't teach me anything about money. They didn't talk about money. I think their generation didn't talk about money openly the way yeah. you can now. You know what I mean? It was more like you keep your finances to yourself. They never talked to my brother about how much they made or what they had. Or it was just like, you have a job and you should just put it in a savings account. And that's not knowing that. I mean, that doesn't really get you very far. So. Yeah, it's true. It seems like people now are at least a little more willing to be open about their finances, at least the people I know. And I'm not sure if that is a generational thing or not. Was So was it, did you like sit down with her and say like, I need to teach you this, this and this? Or was it basically like anytime a financial thing came up, you just kind of tackle it as they came? So we, we had tried 
Um, I mean, like, obviously, before we were married, we were dating, and then we were, you know, engaged, and we had tried, like, ways to kind of join our expenses, like, you know, proportionally sharing, where, like, uh, you know, uh, maybe I made 75% of the income, so I paid 75% of the rent, or 75% of the food bill, and we tried, like, or then, you know, having a joint account, or sharing all of our accounts, and I think, and, Laura, you're gonna have to correct me or tell me what did it for you but i think mm. it was like sitting down together and like doing mint together like for i'd like force her like we'd have to make like we'd have like a bottle of wine there would definitely be a lot of yelling um <laughs> take us many hours uh but like i think it was the act of doing it together was what really yeah, yeah i think i didn't really budget um until we got married and so i didn't budget i didn't make a lot of money i basically was living paycheck to paycheck my whole entire life. I mean, I've been working since I was 14 and I had nothing to show for it. I mm. just had nothing to show for. I didn't save anything. I just was making just enough. Thought, thought I didn't make enough to save or invest. And I never budgeted. So I didn't know where the money was going really. And then when you sit down and you actually like see where the money goes, you're like, holy shit. Like, why? Like I spent this, on, this much on that. <laughs> and so that definitely was a good, that was definitely a good starting point to just sit down and like, see, this is X, this is what we have. This is what we are spending it on. And like, these are the things we want to do. So how are we going to get there kind of thing? So just the basics. I think budgeting is like the basics, like agreeing yeah. on a number. And we still do it. We still sit down sometimes and go through mint and we're like, oh my God. And you know, it's like, well, should we spend like $300 on Zipcar this month? Like probably not. Let's cut it down. And you know, sometimes we debate back and forth, but just going through it and really picking through your finances, I think, helped a lot. You know what? Mm. I, I'm curious. Like, what was like the I don't know the like, inflection point for you? Because I know like there was a time even while we were married that we weren't even necessarily on the same page. Like we were doing more right things, but I don't even think we had like the same goals or you know uh, like what what do you think kind of brought it together? Um, I see, I think it was actually before we got married cause we had bought this apartment before we got married. And I think when we bought this place, um, I think it was, I think it was a huge turning point for both of us because mm. it was such a big purchase and we really had to look at what we could afford and what we wanted. It, I, I think it was buying the house that kind of got, um, kind of pushed me over the edge a little bit because there's a lot of things I did. I learned so much. I mean, I'm sure you did too. Like, oh yeah getting this. We just, there was so much stuff we didn't understand and, and we had to learn really fast. So I think it was that. And then I don't know. Um, it, it helps that we both want the same things, I think. So do you think it was always like that? Or you think like we both kind of came more to each other to want the same, you know what I mean? Like, um, not that we wanted like different things, but you think like we both kind of maybe conceded a bit on our wants to go to the other side? No, I don't, I don't think so. But I, I think now maybe we are more on the same. I don't know. You want things. I wanted things. And, and, and now I think we're, as the years go on, we're, we're working more on, in, on the same path, I guess. Uh, kind of relates to my relationship, but I want to ask it of yours. Uh, Laura, mm -hmm. when Andrew, uh, I, I, I assume uh -oh. he does. I'm, I'm starting to sweat now. <laughs> <laughs> buys really expensive stuff for the business 
<laughs> what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> you like totally like nailed it. You were like really expensive things. Like Anne doesn't really buy expensive have, for the business. Oh! I have like two. I have like two like really contentious, intense questions, and that was the first one. So. Okay, seriously, we if, if any if there's any sort of money arguments, it's usually about business stuff. Especially now since we're working together, like I we go through everything together. I know everything. Um, mm. And up until I think maybe a month or two ago, um, all of the business expenses were in our shared Mint account. So I'd go in, you know, and I'd be like, oh, let me budget, blah, blah, blah. And let me just like, you know, categorize some things. And then I'd see like business startup costs and it's like $1,500. And I'm like, what the fuck did you spend? <laughs> I was like, you really need that? Like, I just, yes. If anything we find about it, it's probably business expenses. <laughs> he really has to convince me sometimes that it was like something he needed. So I, I think yeah. the thing is she by default says no. And then, and then <laughs> it's like, so we're at the bottom of the hill and I have to slowly convince her like to walk up to the top with me. And like, it's actually good because it like forces me to work through it in my head. And I'm like, uh, you know, sometimes I just don't feel worth, like it's like worth the fight. So I'll just like give up. Mm. I'm like, all right, fine, you're right. And then we'll I, know, I remember when I spend. when you told me, well, yeah, when you told me how much like you pay for like our server monthly, I was like, what? Like I thought it was like fifty bucks, and like it's not. It's like way more than that. It's and, like two fifty. I don't know. Like, yeah. For the for the hosting for web, yeah. Yeah. So uh, if, do what do you? Oh, is it because of all the podcast files or what? Yeah. So well, no. So Lipson. So just to get a little nerdy, so Lipson hosts the podcast files, which is great. That's like twenty dollars yeah. a month for us, and hosts like everything since forever. It's like a steal. But uh, the problem is, we have to provide the uh, podcast feed to everyone, and um, it actually winds up uh, being requested. Like, because I mean, people move their mobile phones, and I think you know they're like between different towers and. Uh, it, like iTunes or, or a lot of them refresh every six hours. So we wind up serving like mm. 10 to 11,000 unique requests of like almost 1.5 megs every day. So oh. like any server I've tried just gets like demolished. And uh, the one we have now with WP Engine, they charge you per user, not for resources consumed. So we're like stealing basically because we consume so many resources yeah, uh, but not so many users. Yeah, so okay. he like explains yeah, these things crazy. to me, and then I'm like, okay, fine. It obviously you need it. But, I talk her, you know. I talk her to death, and she's like, all right, I give up. Fine, whatever. <laughs> well, now I'm worried about yeah, my so- podcast getting too successful. <laughs> I pay 25 <laughs> bucks a month for hosting. <laughs> it's still got a lot of traffic, so man. Yeah. But yeah, that. So I, I remember the same thing. Where I think in Anna's case, she just like her brain just kind of goes into like shut off or like holy crap mode anytime there's a very expensive purchase at all. Mm, so yeah. I'll be like, yeah, I paid $500 for this conference ticket. And she's like, why would you do that? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I have to pay like $1,100 to get there and everything and like stay in the hotel. But I mean, for me, it's an investment because I run a business. And I think maybe, maybe it's different for you guys because Laura, you work with Andrew and you kind of, your headspace is around the business and you know, it's all investments and, with Anna, she doesn't work with me. She doesn't do her own business. So all she has to go off of is that I'm telling her it's an investment. I'm telling her it'll pay off. Mm-hmm. Why don't you open the yeah. books for her and show her like how you know the business, like the, like the lifeblood of the business, and how it like the things you've done in the past have equated to you know how much you earn now. Yeah, yeah, I, I probably could do that. I think that was like, and I think she usually is like okay with it. She just kind of freaks out at first. 
yeah, hearing a number like that, you're like, what? Like, you, are you kidding me? But if, if yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think if you sat down and like explained it to her, like I didn't really know about any of the financial business stuff, like until we, I don't know, about, about a few months ago and I started working like deep in it with him. But um, once you see it and it, it makes sense, like you could be like, oh, oh okay. I, I think she'd understand better if, I mean, like for her, she yeah. works and she makes $500 and the thought of like spending that on a ticket for a conference is probably crazy to her. But it's different it's true. for you. Yeah. You know? Once you make a different amount of money and once once you decouple your income from hours, it like your your mind just kind of changes a little bit. Cause yeah, I used to think like this pair of pants equals, you know, four hours of work at my job. Kind of work, yeah. Yeah. And now it's like this pair of pants is fifty bucks, which, you know, I just make X number of sales to get that. It's not coupled to any any sort of time investment. It's actually coupled to just yeah. how smart I'm running my business. So, but for me, there's that also totally this, this issue, like yeah. I'm so quality minded where she'll look at something and be like, that's good enough. Like, why do you need to buy an $800 lens for your camera? This one looks good <laughs> I enough. And I'm the like, same way. I am the mm. same way. Seriously. <laughs> I am. And it's hard to show, it's hard to show the ROI on that because I can't say like this lens and the better picture is like definitely making me more money. It's more like, this is the product I want to build but and it just requires this I much money say, to get dude is is i think um perhaps these arguments actually made you make the right decisions because you know now you just bought this crazy equipment but you also have like 1.2 million views on youtube but most of your videos were not recorded with this fancy new equipment you got you actually had some scrappy stuff and you wrote a killer article on like how to get started on a thousand bucks like the a to z of all of it so, yeah. So me, for me, it's not like I know that this higher quality video is going to do better. And in fact, like my most successful video of late was filmed back in my old apartment. Like nothing I've made since then has done as well yet. But for me, it's it's not about the success and the views. It's more just about like I need to keep progressing and getting better. And if I don't, I feel like I'm failing myself and my audience. So I think it that's where my lot. mind goes. I think it parallels a lot with like just personal finances in general, like not just like, you know, the, the business piece, because there'll be things that I want or she wants. Um, and I'm sure same with you guys where, uh, like I'm talking her down from the cliff, although that's a lot less often than her talking me down from like, from some crazy expense. And like, (laughs) it's not to say that you don't still want it or you may still, you know, think that you need it or do need it. But, like, uh, it almost forces you to, like, work through it in your head. And if you can't convince them, then maybe it's not worth, you know, maybe you don't need it after all. You know, it's like, yeah, like, I need an Apple Watch. And then you're probably not going to be able to justify actually needing an <laughs> Apple Watch. <laughs> yeah. I would I mean, totally talk to And I, I, I tend to buy more expensive things and, and all that kind of stuff. So she's yeah, often like, too. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not the spender in this relationship either. For sure. Yeah. And so I haven't gotten to the point yet where it really matters because we're living with friends. You know, she pays me. I take care of all the money. Like, we have a five-person house. I take care of everything. I pay every every bill, and then I just tell them what to pay me every month, and it's just split evenly. Uh-huh. So it's not like I'm paying more for rent than Anna is because if I was, it would seem unfair to everyone else. Mm. And it hasn't really gotten into that, like, truly financially melded relationship territory yet it probably will eventually and that's yeah i was i was gonna ask yeah i was wondering how you guys (laughs) how you guys figured it how you figured out because you have a lot of people but like if 
Yeah. I mean, I guess you just moved in there, so you're not like looking to go anywhere anytime soon. But yeah, you'll definitely yeah, I mean, have to have these conversations. Until at least April, I'm guessing a couple years, but at least April is when our lease goes till. So I've got some time to think things through. <laughs> um, that, so that's that where changes the changes everything, other, though. Like once, yeah. um, you, like you kind of intermingle because uh, I, I will say you're like I handle the money and and I, I like that approach. I, I see it as like the division of labor, right? Like I do certain things mm. really well, so maybe I should do them, and she does certain things really well, like cook, for example. So she should do them. Um, but like just the joining of the two pieces, like really complicates the relationship. Yeah, so that's where my other uh, hard question came to mind, and uh, this one's harder than the other one. So, like, um, I'm like worried to ask it. Let, let me but... just take a quick gulp of my gin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mm. All right. So, go when for people it. get together, there's often like one person who might provide more financially to the relationship than other. Um, the other person might do things that are not necessarily as like monetarily well defined. So, like. On the, on the side of the person who doesn't make as much money, like how do you, if you feel like you're almost less important in the financial decisions of the relationship, how do you like deal with that? And then for the person who makes more, like how do you reconcile any feelings that come up of like, I'm providing too much, and it's like not fair. That's an I guess. awesome question. Because no, I think a lot of people are gonna yeah. run into that, and like you don't want to share that information because like if, if you're the person who makes more, you feel like a dick. For feeling like, oh, I'm paying too much. Like, why isn't why isn't he paying as much, or why isn't she paying as much, or you know, or like I'm working harder, that kind of thing. I want to say, at least for me, in the very very beginning, um, I use that and like in my head silently as like a metric, you know, like oh well, I'm doing this so that I can get away with this, or then I I deserve more, or blah. And uh, it's like a, a slippery slope, and I think it's like a pretty poisonous mindset because i mean look if everything was money right and i mean here we are on list of my matters but it's really not because your happiness is not defined by this digital number far removed Mm. on the internet somewhere but if everything was defined by money then yeah like i think that would make sense but um like how do you put a number on happiness or like feeling loved or you know like all these fluffy things where if it was just me you know I, it, if it was just me I'd probably spend less money because I'd never go out uh, I'd probably invest like a ton more maybe the business would be more successful because I wouldn't do anything but work but then I'd also be like it'd be a shitty life because I wouldn't do anything else so the way I see it is uh, like I'm, I'm glad that I'm able to take one piece of the relationship and kind of drive that home because like mm-hmm. she owns like the social aspect of our relationship, like I'd probably be just I, I am a loner, so I, I you know I, that that's how yeah. I feel. But yeah, you'd have no friends. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I've definitely felt it, and I think we even talked about this the other day um, on Friday night after we went out, and you asked me how I was feeling about the whole work situation. Remember? Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I don't think I really felt it when I was bringing home like my own money. Like I went to work, came home and yeah, I made like a quarter of what you made, but I thought like you never made me feel like it wasn't enough or whatever, you know? Mm. Um, since I, I quit my job and I work in list of money matters and I'm not bringing home an income with like my name, like a paycheck with my name on it, I guess. Um, yeah. 
it, it is sometimes hard. You know, I mean, I do do a lot of other things now that I'm home, but it's, it, it is a little hard sometimes that it's like, well, it's always, I, I feel like it's almost your money sometimes. And it, it is hard to swallow. And you always tell me it's not and it's ours and whatever, but you know, it, it's, it's a personal thing. Sometimes I feel like I am working on less money matters, but you know, it, it, it does get hard sometimes. Yeah. So that's actually that. I mean, that seems like a really tough because you guys are working together on the same project now. That's like but a it's whole not like, another it's relationship. It's not like you game. guys are co-founders. It's like Laura is almost like a team member of the thing that Andrew started, like mm-hmm. I am. And I, I think about like what what if Andrew what if Anna was my graphic designer and like I handed her money to pay her every month and then she had to hand it back to me for rent. And it's like <laughs> how would that feel for her? It just seems so weird. weird. Like I well, hear so many people weird. who just refuse to work with their significant other I, because of those issues. So there were a lot of issues, and, and I definitely want you to, to beat down on me, Laura, on, on some stuff. <laughs> but uh, I, I think like it is maybe more awkward now because you guys are like two separate entities. Where now, like whatever I work towards and create, or whatever she worked towards and creates, is like in this joint pile. So, you know, maybe I started it and maybe I put in like 1 million hours and she put in, you know, 1,000 hours or whatever the thing is. It's, it's still both of ours and we both get to reap mm. the benefits. So, you know, maybe, maybe that's just, you know, cannon fodder, but it's at least something. So in your head, even though you started LMM, it's not like I'm married to Laura, but I'm also building the business of Andrew. It's more like I'm building the empire of Andrew and Laura through LMM and it's like our thing entirely. She's like my advisor. She does all the editing. She does all the social. She gets the guests. She does a Mm. lot. Like she's not, not that I want even want to so much be like the personality. She does like all the behind scenes, the scene stuff that like you don't really see. Yeah. Yeah. It took a while even for me to be able to, because for so long, Andrew be like, Oh, I want you to help. I want you to help. And I'm like, I always felt like it was his thing. And, you know, it's still to an extent your thing. Like, you are the podcast and you guys are the podcast. It's, you know, whatever. But I, I, it took it took a little bit for me to, like, be able to get into it and feel like I'm part of it, you know? But yeah. I do now. And, and we've been working a lot together on it. So, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's good. So, I like it, actually, a so, lot. Okay, I like so working with you. You like working with me. So... Yeah, I mean, you're annoying sometimes, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually want to ask you. distracting. I, I want to s- selfishly ask why you like it, because then I can have it recorded for forever. Um, <laughs> and, and two, I want to ask, um, like, uh, how, how, like, maybe talk about, like, the, the relationship part and how we kind of handled that, because working together – and being together is like way, two separate things. Yeah, yes, it is. That's it, hard to separate sometimes. I mean, I, I feel like uh, Saturday, was it Saturday? We just mm. both sat in front of our computers all day and worked. I mean, mm. it, it's hard to separate it sometimes. But um, wait, what was your first question? Why I like Listen Money Matters? Yeah, or why do you like working on it or working with me? I, I think I started liking it more. I thought it was just like, oh, you have this blog thing, whatever. And then after I started seeing you know, um, all the listeners and readers like write in and you change people's lives. And it's, it's amazing. It's really amazing. Even like now that I'm doing all the social stuff and just, it's, it's really great. I think you're, it's a great thing and I'm excited to be part of it. And, um, even on the business aspect of it, now that I'm getting to see, like you're showing me all like the numbers and 
all like the stats and stuff. It's really awesome. It's really fun to like play around with things and see what makes it grow and what doesn't and what works and what doesn't. And I like, I like all of it. I think it, I've learned so much um, about myself and what I can do since I quit my job and started working on Listen Money Matter. So I think that's why I like it too. Woo. <laughs> so it's like actually fulfilling, which is great. Yeah, exactly. Because I've had shitty jobs making shitty money for so long that it was like miserable to go to work. And I actually really enjoyed doing this. So, Yeah. So since you're working on it and you guys have mainly joint expenses uh, and like checking and everything, does Andrew pay you or do you just work on it and it's just kind of considered your contribution to building it and paying other bills? Yeah, no, I don't get paid. Um I get paid by not having to go work a shitty job. Um, okay. But I, I, we, we've t- actually talked about doing like a pay thing, but um, I think financially for the business, we figured out that uh, we'd end up paying a lot more in taxes if I was like an employee. Um, okay. So instead we're taking whatever we make and putting it back into the business. So in turn, I get to go on yeah. a few trips a year. Um, I don't have to go <laughs> to a job and yeah. So uh, neither yeah. of cool. us take money out of the business at this point. We're just yeah, like, keeps yeah. like, adding to the pile like reinvesting and um, yeah well i saw the uh the income and like yes yeah, so, a lot of it is reinvested at this point so most we, of it yeah so just for people who don't know like um the the community alpha clo- closed invite only alpha but i mean if you're interested you can email us <laughs> super I, exclusive club super exclusive. only the most elite finance nerds <laughs> <laughs> but but I started uh, sharing like in there like uh, you know behind the the curtain of like listen my matters like where we make our money where we spend our money growth like how many people we're touching because um, there's a lot of people who want to learn how to build businesses and I think um, maybe maybe we could help there or they could learn from our mistakes not not to yeah. sidetrack too much yeah yeah um, Andrew I have a question so mm. I was basically a lost cause um, when you met me financially. Mm. How did you feel about that? And like, I don't know. I, I feel like you slowly convinced me on getting my fan- finances in shape. Do you remember how you were like, okay, this is how I'm going to approach this. Like, do you remember any of that stuff? Because I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm so I, I thought, did you like it. trick me or something? No, I mean, I, I don't think I, I tricked you. I, I have, I, I guess I, I, I sit down and I think a lot and I'm very uh, cautious with how I speak Whereas like you'll you'll just like like you'll shoot venom at me when we're fighting, I'll, I'll maybe be more quiet and try not to say things I, I regret. And I think, <laughs> in terms of like the money situation, it was like twofold for me. One, uh, I was doing well, and I think the totality of whatever debt you had was maybe like five to seven hundred dollars, which was a lot to you and what you were making, but not a lot to me. So I was happy to kind of swoop in and be a superhero and just like pay it off, and like that I felt good about that. I learned nothing from that, so. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, I, I guess originally, it was, that was a very self-serving thing that I did. I, sh- I probably should have used that as like a teach to fish moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, mm-hmm. what was your other question? Oh, like, do you, I, I don't know. I, I was wondering how you approached teaching me about all these finance things because I, don't, I just kind of feel like I know a lot of stuff now, but I don't really remember like how you did it <laughs> besides you know, being very patient. I, I think um, I was always very worried with it always feeling fair um, because I think especially when it comes to like money and numbers, you could easily set the score at like how much someone pays and then someone's ahead or not ahead. And, and I always wanted to frame it in terms of 
fairness, and I think in that discussion, you know, like how we proportioned out our expenses, mm-hmm. I think, um, and, and like sometimes it didn't work for you, and so we've changed approaches, and I think it was just kind of logically working through it, like with you. Um, I, I think that's kind of. I, I figured it out as I as I went with you. It wasn't like I had experience. Yeah, you realize yeah. how how not educated I was in <laughs> personal finance. Oh my god, how did she survive this long? <laughs> yeah, and doing that split is tough. Hey Andrew, did you listen to season two of Startup? I did. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't like it as much as the first one, but mm-hmm. um, it was pretty eye opening when they talked about the uh, equity splits between the girl who was like the founder. Mm. And the tech girl and the the matchmaker girl, because I mean they all had pretty key roles, but the matchmaker girl's equity was like huge. I think they were like, like no, 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 it was like it was small. Remember the girl who was oh, just the matchmaker? Yeah. They were like five percent or ten percent or something like that. Yeah. CEO had like over fifty percent, and it's just like it sucks that we have systems where you have to put you know a ratio, a quantified number on these pots of mixed effort you know that are not necessarily easily quantifiable mm. and it's it's the same with the relationship i think you know so, but i like your mindset with it where it's like you don't care too much about who's ahead or who's behind the the interesting thing is so uh, there, there's a lot of people who have like emailed in and that you know they're starting to nerd out with finances realizing uh the importance but their other the other one is like totally not on board um and uh, from from our experiences, and then actually, like it totally was like mirrored with this guy uh, Steve uh, and Carrie in in the uh, community. They're they're millionaires, but I mean they, they've lived a lot longer than we have, and they've saved. And I feel like the one common thread is just getting on the same page with like what you want in the future, or even just like wanting and discussing a future, because. Mm. Like once, you know, we we both want to maybe stay in Hoboken but have a bigger place, you know, so we could raise kids here. And then it's like, well, we need a bigger place and more space. So what do we have to do to get there? And it's something that we both want. Mm -hmm. So we're both like emotionally invested in achieving that. And I think if it was just like, um, hey, Laura, like we're going to we're going to get a place in Hoboken that's bigger. And uh, don't worry about it. I got it. Or I'm the money guy. Just let me do it. (laughs) I think that she maybe wouldn't. Like we'd be going, you know, out in New York, and she's like, "Oh, let's go out to eat," or I'd say that, and she'd be like, "Yeah." But now, like, we kind of are police for each other because we're mm. both trying to achieve this joint thing instead of like two separate goals. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So, say, what like, about? Hmm. Oh, I was gonna say, make a roadmap. I think that's like kind of an important part mm. um, for people to get on the same page with their finances, like. Make a roadmap, yeah. right? Because if there's like no goals and there's no like end game, you're just like spending and whatever, like then there's nothing to really talk about, right? <laughs> you have to like sit down right. and, you know, we're going to get married and we may buy this house and we might want to have a kid down the road or we just want to travel for a year or whatever. Like if you have goals, it's way easier to sit down and like figure out and maybe teach the other person who's not so much, you know, financially educated yeah. about how like good ways to do this. So. And I think asking right. a lot of questions. I ask, I ask so many stupid mm. questions. Um, I love it. It makes me feel and- smart when I can answer them. <laughs> like so many stu- – like, I will just be like sitting there and, and you know, do, looking up, researching for whatever, a course or something. And I'll be like, Andrew, like, and I'll just, I'll just like text him a random weird question. Like that's how I've learned um, a lot about finance is just 
if I don't yeah, get it, it, it might sound like it's really stupid. You think everybody else knows you think, you know, Oh, that, you know, the stock market or investing is like, that's it's not for me because I don't understand it. I don't make a lot of money. So I'm just not even going to bother asking, but I think you really have to ask questions and it's really not hard. Yeah. If I could get it and I can do it. Any, anybody can anybody. Okay. So, uh, I have a question for you, Laura. Um, one of the, the things I, I have always been kind of thinking about is like, I'm very future oriented. Like, I feel like I don't do, I do like very little for today, but I put a, mm-hmm. do a lot for the future. And I think you're like reversed where you don't really think mm-hmm. about the future much. Not that mm-hmm. you don't think about the future, but you're very today oriented. Like how did that kind of like reconcile with all of this? Um, I, yeah. So that kind of explains a lot, I think. Um, yeah, I guess I was, I'm, I'm more of a like live today kind of person. Like I, I don't, I think thinking about the future is definitely important, but you never know what's going to happen. So like planning so far in advance or planning all these crazy things, um, kind of seems a little useless to me because something can happen tomorrow, the next day or a week down the line. And it's like, you really just never know. So you get very obsessed with planning, like super planning with your charts and your graphs and you're, <laughs> you're insane. And like you spend all this time on it. I'm just yeah, well, I guess we'll just see when it happens, right? That's how I look at it. So I think that's how my approach is with money, was with money. I could die tomorrow, so I might as well just spend all my money and whatever and not really care. And Then what got you on board? Because I, I think that could be like the core issue with people with like money issues. It's like one wants to plan for the future, save for retirement and stuff. And the other one, like retirement's like not even a thing. Like how could you even think what you'll be doing at 60? I right, like... I, yeah, that, it's exactly that. I never even for a second thought how I was going to spend my retirement. And I had no money saved or me met. I literally got a 401k, uh, 401k plan, like, I don't know, three years ago. And I worked there for whatever. And it's like $5,000. Like, I never thought about retirement. I didn't think it was a big deal. I'm like, yeah, in the future I could save. But now that like, you know, I've been doing all this like reading and and listening to you guys and, you know, these guests and reading all this stuff on the site and other sites, it's super important to save now. It's, it just will stress you out so much less if you start saving now. And I know you get emails from people like, hey, my parents are 50 years old and they have like $10,000 saved for retirement. Like, can you help me? And it's like, huh, like that's, like it's, it's too late then. So I, I guess, yes, it's important to save for the future, even if it's a little bit. Like, I get it now that you kind of have to... So do you think it was like literally listening to these episodes of Thomas and I and like editing them? So like you were kind of listening to the show and that got you on board or? Yeah. And I think learning about investing actually too. Um, I always thought it was such a risky thing. My parents were not like, are not investors and I didn't really even understand it. And um, just understanding how it's really not that big of a risk and how much money you can actually like make if you like, you know, in the long run. Um, so I found that interesting and then learning about IRAs and 401ks and how that stuff works. It's, it doesn't like, you know, that $50 a week you put into your 401k and hundred dollars you put into your IRA is like not going to really mean so much to you now, but in the future it's going to mean so much more and so much less stress and you can have the life you want. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah. like, like realizing that, I guess it took a long time for me to realize that, but now that I realize that it's like oh my God, everyone needs to be doing this right now. <laughs> it's important. You don't want to be that person who's like eating like cans of cat food because you can't afford to like 
survive in your retirement. Like, it's mm. sad. There's a lot of, there's a really lot of poor older people, you know, and because they didn't save, couldn't save, thought they couldn't save. I don't know, but I don't want to be that person, so. Yeah. So, uh, do you guys have extra personal accounts aside from your joint account at all? We do. I have and, nothing in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it was kind of a side effect. Uh, we actually, we were, we were separate accounts with one joint when we were dating, engaged, and then we had put everything, both of our incomes into the joint account, and it was just like this one big pool. And yeah, we pay our bills out of it or whatever. At, at the time, Laura felt like um, she didn't have her own money or like it was just like a drop compared to all mine. And so I think it was um, separating the counts. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, tell me. Like, what, we, we, have, we have two separate ones and then a joint one. Uh, how do mm. you feel about the whole thing, Laura? Um, I, I think at the time I wanted to separate our accounts because I felt like, I mean – um, yeah, I obviously earned a lot less than you and whatever, but like, I still wanted, like I, we put it all in one pile and it was like, Oh, so what'd you spend $50 on? And what, you know, what, not, not that you were like that, but I felt like I worked and if I want to buy myself something, I wanted to do it. Or if I want to get you a present, you know, and surprise you, I want to be able to do it. Like, so I kind of wanted that, se- that separation. That's why I wanted that separation. Yeah. I guess. So I guess that's the question. Like you guys have this. Uh, plan. You're both on the same page. You know where we want, we want to go. Uh, what happens if one of you decides all of a sudden, like, oh, I want this thing? You know, that's not part of our plan. Uh, it's not part of the business expenses. Like, it's just a fun thing that I want for me. You know, when you're single, that's easy. Save the money and you buy it. Just do it. What do you do when? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you do when you're married, though? Because I mean, like, I would assume that Andrew, your desire is to buy things for like fun for yourself. Don't go away the moment you get married. You know, the yeah. priorities might change, but you probably, like, don't lose, like, oh, man, this cool motorized skateboard, I want this. Like, <laughs> I'm going to want that when I'm married. So <laughs> We don't, we're not really big spenders. We spend a lot on going out and stuff, but, like, material things, we we don't really spend. If anything, it's Andrew, so. Yeah. I, mean, I like, buy my clothes at, like, a thrift store, so I don't really spend a lot of money. <laughs> I'll do the computer thing, the phone thing, but I don't really find myself, like, wanting it's more like mm. we'll spend a ridiculous amount eating out, drinking beer or, or liquor, vacations, like experience type stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, if he wanted to buy something or I wanted, let's say, I wanted to get a new pair. Because actually, I was just talking to him about this. I want to get a new pair of running shoes and they're like 160 bucks or something. You know, I, we yeah. would talk about it first. I wouldn't just like go out and be like, oh, hey, I bought these new sneakers. If it was like a $10 item, like whatever. But anything I think. Right. You know, that might be a little excessive. Um, I would definitely talk to him about it first, and I think he would do the same for me. Yeah, and, and you know, like maybe to answer question better, it's not that you. It's not like you get married and all of your wants dissipate. It's um, yeah, like the, the paradigm is different because one, like uh, the relationship is is basically all trust. Like without trust, there's like not even a thing, and um, you uh, want to be able to not like demand things from the other person, but you want them to be able to do things that you've agreed upon. And if you don't do what you've agreed upon, how can you expect them to do what you've agreed upon? So it's like, um, well, you can't get stuff that you want, like hair things, because I don't value that, but I value um, Apple stuff. Like, no, like it has to be either you're both 
spending like ridiculously or you're both you know keeping each other in check right okay yeah, yeah. i'm just like trying to figure out what we'll do you know if anna and i ever do join our finances because we do buy things you know I, I uh, like the, she'll buy her cosplay stuff and sometimes it can be kind of expensive or i'll buy i was gonna say that's gotta expensive. be expensive <laughs> yeah i mean i think a wig that she bought was like 50 or 60 bucks you know and like it's her money i don't care but like if right. it wasn't if it was like joint money you know and I, I think I, that's I still the would probably thing, be cool dude. with it but yeah it's, it's like uh so you'd be in a similar situation to laura and i where you'll make more than she does you know you could pool your money and then you go buy this two thousand dollar blah 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 thing that you need and want and can justify and, and you feel it's fine because you make all the money but then if she goes and buys a two thousand dollar blah 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 I, i'm not sure that uh if you want like an even relationship you know where you're both on the same level that you could then restrict her from that so it's almost like you you're either higher than her in the relationship and i don't think that's like really sustainable or you have to expect that then only you could spend a thousand if she spends a thousand, or you know you have to keep right. it kind of even. That's yeah. dangerous. Mm. Oh, like, uh, yeah. like, yeah, if you went and out and spend like a hundred dollars on whatever, and I'd be like, well, he spent hundred dollars, so I got to spend hundred dollars too. Like, no, that would be like terrible. Like a high stakes, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like we well, yeah. have to be even. Like, like, like it's I guess like, you have to have like, this really solid team mindset in it, because I mean, you know, in my logical brain, it's so tempting to just be like. Sure, we can get married, but just keep the money separate. Why the heck not? You know. I'll tell you what, dude. Well, like, you have we'll to be. That. We'll do that. You have to be crazy yeah. to get married, right? And I think like <laughs> people only get married because they they are like crazy or just. I mean, you, like you're so much together that like you just want to do this thing because I mean, there's no such business deal that lasts forever, right? And there's like good times, right. and bad times. So I think, like to do this thing like you have to be all in because if you're not all in you know then why even do it mm-hmm. yeah it makes sense you know you have to make it work for you I, mm. seriously the main thing is just sitting down and talking about it because if you don't talk about it it's just it's useless and, and <laughs> you actually, have to just be open about everything i just want to say also is because you we say like just talk about it and we've like finally and maybe not even that long ago have reached like this point where we could just talk about it but uh, there's a lot of people who want to talk about it and the other person doesn't want to which was you laura like how, i do that still sometimes i don't want to talk about this right now <laughs> it, is it because i just like forced you like to talk about it like what do you think kind of because people need that discussion but it's obviously not flowing from the beginning no we didn't like force it i i think for a while i was very much like well you're the you're the guy who takes care of the money. <laughs> do whatever. I trust you. I'm not good at it, so you do it. And then I think once we got married, and uh, I just started asking more questions because you know you're not going to take ten thousand dollars and go invest it in like Tesla, you know, and you tell me about. It. You're not going to just go do it on your own. So I ask questions. Well, I don't know. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? Well, how, you know, and then you keep me in the loop. And but what, you know, what and I think finance, it made more sense. What could the person who's like financially like good? make the financial deviant do or how do they get that person on the same page because it's likely that the person who's actually decent with finances is listening and the one who sucks is like playing video games <laughs> um i i think you, i i think the first thing you need to do is sit down and talk about um your goals and what what you want 
And then I think the other person like, okay, well, you want this? Well, great. We have, we have to do this. Like, let me, let me, it's hard because no one wants to be told what to do or whatever. But I, I think if you have goals, it is way easier to sit down and like talk about how you're going to get there. Like, yeah, we really want to take this really cool trip, you know, to, you know, Bali for a month and how are we going to get there? How are we going to save the money? You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's way easier right. to talk about it, something exciting at the end. Rather than just like, yeah. you're spending too much money on baseball things. I don't know. Whatever. Mm. You know what I mean? So I, I think sitting down yeah. goals is like the first step. And then, then you're excited about saving money and how are you going to do it? Yeah. And then you should have them so, listen to the Some Money Matters podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it every totally episode. helped me. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I have one question before the internet guys cut my cable for the day. <laughs> they rebury it. Um have either of you ever had like family members give conflicting advice or say like something that the significant other is doing wrong and how do you deal with that? Hmm. Cause like, um, not me. Uh, my, my parents are not you know, my Anna's people. uncle. Hmm. Okay. Cause like Anna's uncle is like a really good financial advisor, but then I might have like different, like I, I manage about, uh, you know, most of my money myself. Hmm. So like, I'll say, you know, I'm going to do this and then like, She'll be like, well, Dan said to do this. And, you know, like, I you think. Know. It, I think oh, fuck it, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, I think it goes down to like this core, uh, like, financial thing where I, I think um, you're delusional if you believe there's like a correct way or like you, you have to invest like this for it to work. Because mm. the, the whole thing with finance like investing at least and personal finance is that like no one really knows what the right way is so you diversify yeah. to kind of avoid making bad choices and i mean the statistics show that people who actively manage their money like do worse than people who passively manage their money um right so like he he may have some good advice but i think it'd be crazy to say that his is the way his is, right. you know, his, like, I guess he's not a good example because there hasn't been anything where, like, we butt heads. But I, I'm just imagining a scenario where, like, there's one, like, the, you know, the guy in the relationship is like, okay, I want to make this big investment. And then, like, the girl's family thinks that's really stupid. And then there's all this tension, like, you know, emotional tension because of a financial yeah. decision caused by the in-laws or the extended family. No, I mean, my, my parents are not finance people at all. So I don't think they would ever put their input in on any of the things we were doing unless okay. it was something really stupid. Um, yeah. Um, your, your parents are, are pretty financially savvy and I think they, they have, they have give, a lot of opinions. So they do. And you listen to them and your dad has some good advice. Your mom had some great advice when we were buying the house. Like we um, wanted to buy maybe twice the house that we bought now. I mean, that we actually bought mm, and yeah. um, they kind of talked us down from the cliff and I think it's like, you know, this, this uncle of hers, um, it's not that he's right and it's not that he's wrong, but there may be like some nuggets of wisdom. And, and I mean, you know, like it's like you take, yeah, you, you take, ask everyone yeah. their opinion and you weigh them based on your respect for the person, how like logical it sounds. And you kind of just make some like consensus thought in your head. So like I, I love hearing yeah. what other people have to say, but I don't always do what they say. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's your life. You have to live with your decisions, right? So mm. You do what's best for you, and no right. one really knows your whole situation, you know, except for you and the other person, let's say. So, yeah, you just yeah. take it, you say thank you, you shake your head yes, and, and you move on, and, and you see what you can use and what you can't, because he really doesn't right, know. Right, right. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. There's just like that situation where like you're the person who isn't the one making the final decision and now you're caught between do I defend, you know, my husband who did this or do I defend <laughs> my family who says it's stupid? And like it's the yeah. same situation in non financial situations where like maybe you know your husband's the one being an idiot in some certain uh situation, but then you don't want to like say that because you wanna be supportive of them. Dude, do the horse race style. Split the <laughs> assets, put them in fifty fifty. And whoever wins, that's all the glory. <laughs> there you go. Nice. <laughs> I'm betting on Seabiscuit. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> all right, so cool. before your well, internet you gets we've... completely shut off. Yeah, I think we've covered this very contentious topic, <laughs> this minefield of a topic pretty well. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Right. Cool. I'm sure we'll get a bunch of questions on it. I'm sure you already do get a bunch of questions on it, Andrew. Mm. Hopefully, I don't we'll answer question. a bunch of questions, or at least one question. <laughs> Hopefully, yes. Uh, I guess the question is that there isn't a right or wrong answer. Exactly. It's just yeah. a tough journey. So yeah. what we're trying Educate to yourself. say is figure it out yourself. <laughs> <laughs> good fucking luck. <laughs> yeah. In conclusion, uh, luck, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, guys, uh, if you got questions generated by this episode or any other, our email address is listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. You can send those questions and uh, bury Andrew an email. <laughs> and we are so bleeding up to date right now. Like, if you email us, it may take a day or two for me to get back to you. So, if you've been like, oh, seriously? Yeah, like, I, I finally I, got on yeah. the bandwagon. So, if you have any, like, questions, ridiculous or otherwise, like, email them. I am, like, dying to answer your question. Sweet. Almost die. I mean, I won't. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And if you want to support the show, if you listen on iTunes or Stitcher, uh, if you have an iPhone, actually, I think the new iOS version has the podcast app just built right in there. And you could subscribe to our show at any of those places. Uh, you can also read or leave a review and rating. That helps just give us feedback and also helps uh, drive the show up the charts, show more people our podcast. Today's review comes from wait, wait, before the five seven nine. Wait, before the review, you gonna interrupt just... T Coop's review? Yeah, well, no, it's actually an awesome review. <laughs> but I just want, I just remembered, um, we uh, this company called Jabbercast reached out to us, and they're like, "Hey, like, would you guys want to partner?" And blah blah blah. And my default response is always like, "No, no, we're not interested. Like, we we don't want to do this." And um, the guy, like, we had a little bit of email back and forth. The guy showed me, and he's actually creating this really awesome platform for podcasters. Like, uh, you know, like Overcast is a great app, and, you know, there's, like, other cool apps. Obviously, the, pod, the iTunes podcast app is awesome. But uh, Jabbercast is, like, trying to, like, um, add engagement and, like, additional value. So, like, what happens is, like, they'll listen to our huh. episode like themselves and add in all these like ridiculous resources and images and whatever into the app. So you could be like on a plane, really? on a subway or just wherever and listen to the episode. And it has like all these resources that we're discussing built in. Um, and it is actually really sweet um, where I, where I've been playing with it. Um, the picture of me is like probably the so, worst picture of me possible. But other than that, I really, I really think the app's pretty cool. So they, they add in content of their own on top of the episodes? Based on what we talk about. Yeah. So, for example, it's like, you know, and, uh, you know, hi, I'm Thomas, and I'm here with Andrew, and then they have a picture of you, and they have a picture of me, and you, we talk about um, InstaVest, and they throw, like, the logo of InstaVest in there, and, like, a picture of Salim, and um, so, like, huh. it, 
it winds up being like you could be uh, listening to the episode and like visually looking through it, and they have all these like additional resources like linked. So I think it's pretty cool. Are you looking for I'm it right now, Thomas? I'm currently <laughs> downloading it. Yes, I am. <laughs> and the icon's I like cool. This, this mustache. It, it, it kind of looks mustache. like uh, it's very Mark hipster. Marin. It kind of does. That's what I said. It looks totally like Mark Marin. It yeah. does look like Mark Marin wearing headphones. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look at this app. So because, if you want Mark uh, Marin on your home screen, which who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got to find our podcast in here. Then listen, money matters. Search. There it is. Hey, there we are. This is cool. It's got our Twitter feed is right in there. You can even support mm-hmm. the show if you Pretty want to. Awesome, you can yeah. money. Like this is this is cool looking. Hey. The picture of you is pretty great because you're holding. Uh, yeah, you're holding. You're holding some Omegang. That's I'm holding some Omegang, but uh, you can see how I normally podcast, which is five seconds after I get out of bed. So like yeah. half of my hair is just, like forcefully moved to like one side, and I, I look pretty. It dirty. is pretty funny that like your picture is just this beer picture, and then they like they chose my professional headshot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so if you want to see a gross, hot, sweaty photo of me with an Omegang <laughs> and and a good picture of Thomas, then uh, it's not as bad as he's saying it is. It really isn't. But yeah, this is cool. I'm gonna check it out. Cool. So Jabbercast is on the iTunes store. If you want to get it, it's free, and you can listen to the podcast there if you want something new. Um, but hey, if you have access to iTunes, you can leave a review. This week's review, as I said, comes from tcoop5579. They said, just listen to the podcast about teaching your children about money, which was with Adam Carroll. Mm. Awesome guy. He says, mind blown. So many things to consider and implement. I'm not very much of a planner, but I'm inspired to live a more purposeful financial life. I'm a banker, as is my husband, and I'd like to think we have our stuff together. We do, but we could be doing better. I'm officially subscribing. Thank you for this. And thank you for this review, because we love hearing those those reviews. Seriously, and, yeah. sometimes we don't know. Like, are we even doing good? Like, are there people on the other side of this microphone listening? Well, basically, all we have to do is get Adam on the show. Guaranteed good reviews, right? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, he's great. <laughs> he's Adam is pretty cool. Yeah, I need to grab coffee with him again soon. All right, guys. Well, you can find our favorite money management resources at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. Um, we're also building a super secret alpha beta omega zeta alpha community <laughs> and um <laughs> it's not live yet but if you're really interested and passionate about joining a group of money nerds and you want to potentially get in on the initial inaugural class you can email us uh, and talk to andrew tell him why you want to be part of it and you might get in so yes, that's all we got thanks number. for hanging out with us yes and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode bye-bye later bye Tell your friends about this show.